Um, good morning. We are here in In Re Yellow Corporation, which is case number 23-11069. Ms. Jones, good morning. Good morning, Your Honor. Good seeing you. Your Honor, for the record, Laura Davis Jones of Pachulski, Stang, Zeeland Jones, on behalf of Yellow Corporation. Your Honor, I think we have a very short agenda for you today. You should have in front of you the amended notice of agenda. I do. Thank you. Your Honor, matters 1 through 20 have either been continued or resolved. Matter 21, I think Mr. McGutchen has a few things to say about that. Uh, matter 22, Your Honor, I think has come off calendar, or at least informally. So, Your Honor, with that, I'm going to yield to Mr. McGutchen to give Your Honor an update on where we are, and then we can talk about the calendar. Okay, very well. Thank, thank you. Good morning, Your Honor. Casey McGushin from Kirkland and Ellis on behalf of the debtors. Good morning. Uh, as Ms. Jones referenced, um, even though there's a 14-page agenda here, there's not actually that much uh, left. So I did want to give Your Honor some context uh, for sort of what's been going on in the background, understanding of the things left on the calendar, our lift-stay motions, which are not formally, obviously, the debtors' motions. Um, so over the last several weeks, uh, the debtors have been receiving a number of requests to lift the stay uh, and allow uh, litigation in state and federal courts to proceed, and those have continued to come in, you know, up through late last week. Uh, a central argument of several of those lift-stay motions is that effectively there won't be any harm to the debtors uh, from allowing those cases to proceed because the def defense costs and any judgments will be borne um, by insurers. Um, and the debtors have a number of potentially uh, applicable insurance policies, and we've been in uh, discussions with one of our primary insurers, uh, Old Republic Insurance Company, or ORIC. Uh, to date, um, ORIC has not agreed that any of the underlying claims are uh, covered by the insurance policies. Uh, ORIC is holding a little over $230 million uh, in collateral from the debtors, uh, and the debtors have been in discussions with ORIC um, about uh, coverage for those claims and the holding of that collateral. Uh, at the end of the day, it may be necessary for the debtors to litigate with ORIC over this coverage. Nobody wants that. What we've spent the last uh, weeks doing is talking with ORIC to try to avoid uh, that outcome. Uh, late last week, uh, in our discussions with ORIC, uh, we came upon, uh, you know, started discussing a potential process uh, using alternative dispute resolutions. Uh, excuse me, alternative dispute resolution processes uh, to try to avoid the need for some of this litigation. And we're very early in those discussions, but generally what we're talking with them about is to the extent uh, that plaintiffs in cases outside of the bankruptcy court want to lift the automatic stay to proceed, we would set up some sort of ADR process to allow both um, ADR for the underlying claims and potentially ADR related to coverage issues. And the idea is you know, let's try to avoid any unnecessary expense for these claims um, going on in state court while also addressing potential coverage concerns. Uh, and if the ADR process was ultimately unsuccessful, um, these plaintiffs could, you know, waive claims against the estate and proceed in state court with um, ORIC or any other insurer reserving its rights as to coverage. Uh, so that, that's... Mr. McCutcheon, sure. just as I follow, are you talking about doing something like this under a plan or by motion or what, what what's contemplated? Yeah, so I, I think the, the exact process by which we would present it to the court I don't think has been contemplated yet. Okay. Uh, it, it's that's, a question, that's a fair answer. Yeah, it's a question of timing and sort of where we are in the case 
you know, when all this comes to a head. And uh, just to be candid, we are very early in our discussions with ORC about this process. Um, but once this, once we started having these discussions with ORC and sort of getting around uh, this potential uh, process, we started reaching out to a number of the list state plaintiffs who had their motions up for today. Uh, ultimately, by Saturday morning, we were able to reach agreement with all but two of the list state plaintiffs, as Ms. Jones referenced. Um, last night and this morning, we reached resolution uh, with one more. Um, so there is only, uh, as far as I'm aware, one list state plaintiff uh, who is still up on the calendar today. Um, so the debtors are prepared to go forward on that okay. motion today. My understanding uh, from discussions with counsel uh, is that they, they did not expect this to be a substantive hearing on their motion. They it, it intended it to be more in the way status of a conference on of the status conference, okay. um, but I'll certainly let them speak for themselves on that point. Um, and at this point, unless the court has any questions, I'm happy to cede the podium and then I can okay. respond to arguments. Okay, no, that, that explanation was helpful. I'm happy to hear from the movement. So thank you, Mr. McCutcheon. Mr. Rosner, good morning. Good morning, Your Honor. For record, Fred Rosner, Rosner Law Group, and I'll try to keep my remarks brief. We did specifically notice this for a preliminary hearing consistent with the local rules, not that we were going to go forward uh, on the merits today. So we just want to check in with the court and uh, basically uh, introduce ourselves and talk generally about what we are planning to do. Um, Again, I represent, as Bankruptcy Counsel, uh, Donna Doherty individually and as administratrix of the estate of her uh, late husband, Norman Doherty. Uh, I'm co-counsel with Chuck Doerr of the Charles E. Doerr PC Law Firm, and uh, Ms. Doherty is a plaintiff in a wrongful death action against debtor YRC, Inc., that action is pending in the United States District Court for the Northern District of Georgia. Significantly in that action, as I, as, as I understand it, we have demanded a jury trial, as is our constitutional right, and the procedural posture of the case, as I'm advised, is it is trial ready. So that was stopped when the debtors filed their Chapter 11 bankruptcy before this court, and we filed the motion to return to the district court in Georgia to um, appear before a jury of our peers and seek to liquidate our claim against the, the debtor and pursue our claim as a claimant in this case and also pursue our third-party rights. We are troubled. Third-party rights meaning you have claims against non-debtors? No, yes, insurers. Okay, but the insurance is only derivative, right? But you don't, you don't have a direct claim against the insurer. Yes, I stay correct. You, I always learn something. So, yes, exactly what the court said. Okay. Um, yes. So we are troubled by what we hear that Old Republic Orc has taken the position they can draw down on the letters of credit and then deny coverage. So we intend to propound discovery with the debtor and with Orc seeking to develop our record to allow us to lift the stay and, move, and go back to uh, the District Court of, uh, of Georgia. So that is where we are, and I did have a conversation with the Kirkland and, and Ellis attorney, I think, uh, sometime in the past few days. He was kind enough to send some of the documents over. So we're reviewing the policy, and we certainly are looking at the uh, form MCS-90, and we're going to 
explore what our rights are under that. But um, we don't agree that at the end of the day that Orc's position is tenable, either as a matter of the contracts or a matter of public policy when your insured becomes insolvent. So I think we are going to pursue our rights and uh, I'm somewhat heartened in what the attorney for debtor just said that there might be an opt out from the ADR. So we want to be able to preserve that right to go back and uh, present our case not to a mediator, but to a jury of our peers to liquidate the claim. Okay. I think with that, I'll probably uh, just pause and ask if the court has any questions. I don't. I mean, all these issues are interesting, but since none of them is presented to me today, I'll resist the temptation to start spouting out what I think about them. Um, so I'm happy to let the parties continue their discussions, and when there's a ripe dispute, do my best to get it right. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Your Honor, again, Casey McGushin from Kirkland Ellis on behalf of the debtors. Um, as Your Honor noted, none of this is particularly ripe. We don't have an ADR uh, process to present to you at this point. Obviously, everyone will have the right to object to whatever we propose to Your Honor, and you know everybody's rights are preserved. Um, if Your Honor has any questions, happy to answer them. Otherwise, of course, we're going to you know we'll deal with discovery as needed and uh, keep process uh, progressing all these issues forward. Okay, um, I don't have questions at this time. Um, obviously, you know, to the extent the parties are talking and trying to work to something that's consensual, that's terrific. To the extent there's a motion that's brought to me that I've got to decide, I'm happy to, to do that. Um, but um, um, it seems to me, in the meantime, what I should do is stay out of the way and let the parties continue their discussions. Yeah, I feel I feel footsteps behind me. Yeah, so Mr. Clatter. <laughs> Good morning, Your Honor. David Clauder on behalf of Old Republic Insurance Company. With me in the court is my co-counsel, Kenneth Thomas, from Fox Weibel in Chicago. Uh, Mr. Thomas has been admitted pro hoc vice and would like to address the court on Certainly. behalf of Old Republic. Okay. Very well. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Thomas. Good morning, Your Honor. Ken Thomas, Fox Weibel, Levin Carroll, on behalf of Old Republic. Um, as the debtors have laid out, uh, we continue to engage in conversations about um, an ADR process, um, and so I won't I won't tread more ground on that front. I just wanted to make sure that a couple of things that the record was clear uh, because I've, I've heard a couple of things represented. I want to make sure that um, our position is represented properly. Um, Old Republic has not denied coverage. Um, we've issued reservation of rights, um, and as you know, Your Honor, as laid out in our omnibus objection, um, the coverage is a fully fronting indemnity policy, so it's not your typical. Um, liability, auto liability, um, insurance policy. Uh, and so we've issued reservation of rights. So I read the, your, your paper, and I confess, I know just enough about insurance to be dangerous, but I was interested in understanding at some point, and if, while you're here, this is as good a time as any, understanding more about how this coverage works, if you could just explain it in terms that someone who's not really an insurance lawyer could understand, that would be constructive. Yeah, so uh, as you noted, Judge, I am a bankruptcy lawyer, so I rely heavily on our uh, coverage lawyers uh, to understand how it works. But the, the fully fronted indemnity policy coverage, uh, which was covered by around $230 million of uh, letter, letters of credit, um, is not just auto. It's not auto. Uh, it's, it's also workers' comp, um, and there's some general uh, property liability coverage. So it, there's a couple of different uh, buckets um, o over that course. Uh, and under that policy, um, there is a uh, $6 million retention 
which equals the limits of liability, um, and it's a dollar-for-dollar dollar drawdown on the limits of liability uh, for every dollar that the debtors pay on that retention. Um, and so the policy also includes an MCS 90 endorsement, uh, which is obviously subject to, you know, uh, lots of law about how that applies. Uh, so that's just sort of a general overview of the policy. Okay. Um, but just wanted to make the point that uh, the, the $230 million of letter of credit proceeds um, was applicable to the auto, the workers' comp, uh, and some, some general liability property, not just auto. Um, so only a portion of that is the auto. And that we've issued reservation of rights. And we have not denied coverage, uh, but whether coverage applies will be a case-by-case -case basis. Um, and really, the debtors have been responsible uh, for handling these claims. We're taking the position that we don't have a duty to defend. And the way it worked prior to bankruptcy um, is that the debtors were in the weeds uh, as far as defending these claims um, and the facts. So all the public is really just getting up to speed as to what the facts of these cases are to understand um, how they would operate under our policy. Okay, so it's a, it's a $6 million policy with a $6 million self-insured retention. So does that mean that the debtor pays $6 million before dollar one of coverage kicks in, or just how does this, what's the mechanic of how this, the relationship between the available coverage and the SIR? Right, so again, I'm, I'm not a coverage lawyer, so okay. I'll do my best. Um, but as far as the retention, uh, the way the policy is, is supposed to work is that it's indemnity. So the debtors um, would pay, um, and then basically it would be a dollar-for-dollar dollar drawdown on the limits of liability um, up, to the, up to the limit. I see. So they, they, they pay $6 million themselves and then can seek indemnity, and it indemnifies them for both defense costs and underlying liability, so they can spend up to $6 million of their own money. They're, they're up front, not you. And once they've spent, six, whatever they've spent, up to $6 million, they can turn to you and say, can you cut me a check, please, for the $6 million I've spent? So I, I, will, I, will, I will stop myself from making any, any further, because I want to make sure that... Okay, that's fair enough. And look, this isn't in front of me now. I was, I was just, when I read your papers, I didn't fully wrap my brain around how it works, and it's not necessary that I understand it fully today, so... We'll, we'll leave my state of knowledge where it is, and we'll learn more as necessary. That's, so I appreciate your help. Um, thank you, Judge. Thank you, thank you Mr. Thomas. Okay. Um, knowing a little bit is quite dangerous. Um, um, that, that's about me, not counsel. Um, um, is there um, anything else that the court can do to be helpful to the parties while we're here today? No, I think that's all we have, Judge. Okay. Um, well, let me thank all of you for the reports. Um, obviously, appreciate the efforts by the parties to keep their conversations going. And, um, you know, to the extent those are successful, great. And to the extent they're unsuccessful, you all know how to find me. So with that and uh, my, my thanks for everyone's hard work, we're adjourned.